1: Brent here from American English with this guy and in today's English lesson we are going to talk about all of the English vocabulary terms, all of the phrasal verbs that we use when it comes to fall cleanup. The first thing we probably should talk about is what the heck is fall cleanup? Well, in the United States we don't say autumn very often, you know that time of the year right before Winter and right after summer, yeah, we mostly use fall. And before winter comes and the snow starts falling, we have to clean up or pick up our yards. Americans, uh, I'm in my neighborhood right now, you can see most of them have a lot of grass. And uh, we love our trees, but in the fall, those leaves turn color and they look beautiful for a while, but then they they fall, which is I think where we get the name of the season. This is early fall. So there are still a lot of leaves that have to fall, but today my job for fall cleanup is to pick the ones that have fallen. I'm gonna show you my shed, talk about hedge clippers, talk about lawnmower, all that kind of stuff if that sounds like a fun lesson to you well stay tuned and i promise you are going to learn lots of english the first thing we should talk about for fall cleanup is what should you wear because it's often a pretty dirty job so i might call what i'm wearing my work clothes so it's a old sweatshirt i have a t-shirt on underneath i have some really comfortable pants i have this hat I don't care if it gets dirty and my shoes i have on my lawn cutting shoes i'd like to talk about them next all right my lawn cutting shoes first i have to take off my shoes and i'll just take off one but it's an english phrasal verb there so this is my lawn cutting shoe my i have two of them i have a pair of lawn cutting shoes or grass cutting shoes. And you can see that they are all stained. They're pretty gross, but they're stained green. Stain, it can be a noun. There's a a green stain right there, or it can be a verb. These are stained green. Basically my lawn cutting shoes are my shoes I used to wear or I once wore But then they got old, like this part here, we call that the tread. That's what makes your feet stick to the ground so you don't slip. Well, the tread starts to wear. They get a little dirty. They start to fall apart. So then I use them as my lawn cutting shoes. It's a little windy out here, but my shoes are made by a company called New Balance. They're an American company which is cool, but I call them my dad shoes, and there have been some questions about that recently. I mentioned it in a lesson about a budget hotel, so I got a couple questions. What are are dad shoes? Well, because they're from the name brand New Balance, like nobody young wears those kinds of shoes, so they're not like Nike or Adidas. That's how we say that company in the United States, by the way. So they're just my dad shoes. Like young people don't want to wear them. So I say I'm wearing dad shoes. And the current shoes that I'm wearing, let's go look at them for a second. All right, this is the current pair of shoes that I'm wearing. If I could hold both of them, it would be a pair of shoes, but it's only one. Did you notice it's blue? I don't really want to wear blue shoes, but because of the pandemic and they're made here in the United States, they stopped making the color of shoes that I normally like to wear, either black or kind of gray. Everybody bought those up, so all I had left was the blue ones. Bought those up? Ooh, English phrasal verb, they they bought them up. There are no more to buy. Next, let's move on to the shed. And we'll talk about some tools of the trade. Tools of the trade, that's a, a term we sometimes use for things that will help you do a job. Like, I'm a teacher. At school, some of my tools of the trade is a whiteboard. Uh, I might use um, a computer, those kind of things. Maybe a pen or a pencil. Those are my tools of the trade. Today, the first tool of my trade Going to be the lawnmower. I held my shed door together with a bungee cord. Hey, if you're a channel member, by the way, during the live chats, there is an emoji of this shed if you ever want to use it. That bad boy is my lawnmower. The first thing I always do before I mow my lawn is check to make sure that it is. Full of gas. Looks like it might be about half full of gas. So I'll try to fill up the tank with a little bit more gas. But uh, it doesn't sound like I have a lot of gas left. I may have to make a run to the store to get more gas eventually. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of gas left in my gas tank, so we will be making a run to the store very soon, but I wanna start mowing the lawn first. But to do that, I need to get a bag. Yeah, I attached that bag to my lawnmower. Now, this is not a lawn bag. We will be using a lawn bag very soon. The next thing I'm going to do is start my lawn mower up. Start up. I need to start it up. And to do that, I need to pull on the cord. That thing is the cord. I've only made a couple passes with my lawnmower. Every time you go by your lawn, you make a little path or a little track. We call that a pass. So I've only made a couple passes with my lawnmower, and I already need to empty the bag. We'll do that in just a second, but I want to teach you the term. Missed a spot. Right here, look at, I missed a spot in the lawn and I'll have to go over it again. You see that part? On either side, there is a pass, but I missed the middle. I missed a spot. A lot of Americans would normally rake up those leaves. Ooh, another English phrasal verb. But I'm choosing to mulch them I am running over them with my lawnmower and I'm making them really small. The leaves become smaller. We might say they've become little bits, real small little bits. Now I'm going to get a large trash can and a lawn bag and then I'm going to dump in those mulched leaves. Oof, lots of new English terms right there. I'll show you what I mean in just a second. I have my roll of lawn bags here. I'm going to put them in this trash can. See, all the mulched leaves, they're little bits now. Yeah, just do that a few hundred times more and we'll be done. You know what makes the job easier? AirPods. I'll be listening to my music as I mow the lawn but do you know what makes the job more difficult? It's pretty windy today so the leaves are blowing around quite a bit. Another English phrasal verb there. Now that the bag is full I'm going to tie up the bag. everything's just a little harder today because of the wind okay good news i'm halfway done with the lawn i've done half and now i have another half i have to do but there's a problem i can't keep up with the leaves so if i could keep up with the leaves there would be no leaves on my lawn. But as you can see, there are leaves. So just as quickly as I mow up the leaves or pick up the leaves or mulch up the leaves, whole lot of phrasal verbs there, more leaves fall from the trees. So I can't keep up. The next thing that's bothering me is this thing. Um, We might call it a bush, We might call it a hedge, but I need to cut back this hedge or I need to trim up this hedge. They both basically mean the same thing. Now notice I didn't say I need to cut down this hedge or I need to cut down this bush. If it did, it basically meant I would cut it at the bottom and completely get rid of it. No, I need to trim it up or I need to cut it back. Basically, I'm going to get some hedge clippers from my shed and start cutting off the tops of of these things. I don't even know what you call them in in English. Maybe we could call them leaves, I guess. They're not really branches. Those are found on trees. So let's just stick with leaves. But sometimes when you don't know something in English, you can just say, oh, you know, those things at the at the end of the, the bushes or the end of the hedges. Yeah, those things or that stuff. Things and stuff work really well when you don't know the exact word. Yeah, I broke that shed door um, last summer during a live lesson. I don't know if it's still up on the channel. You can probably check. Ooh, I see my hedge clippers if I can get through the door. That's all dark in my shed. Uh, Sometimes creatures live in here, so I'm not gonna stay too long, but we might call these hedge trimmers. I won't bore you with cutting them all off on camera. Let's check back in a minute. It started to warm up. So another English phrasal verb. The sun is, the sun is kind of beating down on me. So I took off my sweatshirt so I wouldn't be so warm. So I could cool off a little bit. All right, so I did, I trimmed the bush back a little bit. And now I will rake up all of the scraps that are on the ground. Now I need to go back to the shed and get my rake. What do you know? I didn't have to gas up. I still have some gas in the tank. Not a lot, but I was able to finish. I'm going to put away my tools of the trade, I'm going to put them back in the shed, and then I'm going to call it a day. I'm done. If you like these English lessons where I act out phrasal verbs, check out this one I did at my school. Thanks for watching, see you next time.
0: This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe, Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at sax.com.
1: In today's English lesson, I want to teach you three phrases native speakers say all the time and all of them have the word tongue in them. Plus, I'll throw in an extra bonus saying. And to teach this lesson, I'm actually going on a walk on a little trail not far from an elementary school. That elementary school is called Sherwood Heights, and I am going to be entering Sherwood Forest. I thought it'd be a little fun to get out of the house teach a little English, and also get some exercise at the same time. I hope the bugs aren't too bad, but it looks like there's a pond, so let's head that way. And I want to thank my Italian friend, Linda, for leaving a comment on one of my videos. I think in Italian, I might say, la mia amica dell'Italia. I might have gotten the preposition wrong there. But she was wondering if there was a phrase we say in English, when you can't think of something. Oh, the bugs might be getting bad. I may have to turn around. Um, But she was thinking about like when you know something, you know that word, but you can't think of it. Do we have a saying for that in English? And yes, we do. Well, guess what? Change of plans. The bugs are pretty bad here. I don't wanna get eaten alive. There are a lot of mosquitoes here. So bonus phrase, if there are a lot of bugs around and you think you're going to get bit a lot or stung by mosquitoes, you can say, I'm going to get eaten alive. I don't feel like doing that today. Let's go to this baseball field out here. I think there will be fewer bugs. Well, it was good while it lasted. That's another phrase I didn't plan on teaching. Has nothing to do with tongue but you can say it was good while it lasted when something didn't last as long as you thought it would. It was fun at first but then it turned out to be a disaster. There's a little playground here too so Maybe we'll go there. I had planned on listening to my music, walking a little while, teaching a little while. That's not going to happen. Oh, somebody lost their baseball. The first saying or phrase I want to teach you is, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. This is what Linda was talking about. That phrase we have in English when you know what you want to say. It's right there. But you can't think of it. Uh, I have a wife, Jamie. You may have heard of her. She's been on the channel a few times. And often when we watch a movie for the first time, we'll see an actress and, oh, I've seen her in something. Oh, what's her name? What's her name? It's on the tip of your tongue. It's like you almost can say it, but your brain can't quite bring it up for you. Bring it up. There's a English phrasal verb there for you. It can't retrieve it. It can't find it. It can't bring it up for you. And this is where the bonus phrase comes in because it doesn't have tongue in it. But the bonus phrase that goes along with on the tip of my tongue is, oh, if you didn't ask me, I could have told you. If you didn't ask me, I could have told you. But English speakers will say, oh, if you didn't ask me, I could have told you. If you didn't ask me, I could have told you. Meaning, oh, if you hadn't mentioned the actress, I probably could have told you her name. If you didn't ask me, I could have told you. You can use this phrase when both of you can't come up with the name for the actress. This often happens with names. Let's say you're talking to a friend you went to high school with. You were talking to a high school friend and you might say, oh, you're oh, What was the name of that teacher we had in, in um, 11th grade? Uh, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. What was her name? Oh, if you didn't ask me, I could have told you. This happens to me all the time in Italian. Many of you know that I'm studying Italian. And when you try to say a word, it's like, oh, it's right there. It's on the tip of your tongue. I bet the same thing happens to you in English sometimes. Oh, look, a big rock. Let's go try to climb it. Yeah, it's not that big. I thought it was a little bigger, but now that we're up here, I can talk about the second phrase I wanna teach you. Well, the second phrase with tongue, but the third phrase overall, and that is slip of the tongue. So if you say something you didn't mean to say, You can call it uh, a slip of the tongue. Maybe your mom just cooked a great meal, but you don't like part of it. Maybe the chicken she cooked is really good, but the potatoes, they're not that good. And you might accidentally say, oh, I I really love the, the meal, but the potatoes aren't that good. I didn't mean to say that out loud. It was just a a little slip of the tongue. And when you have a slip of the tongue, it's always embarrassing. How do I get down from here? It's not that high, but I'm, I'm I'm getting old, which is why I wanted to go on that walk and try to lose a little weight. Let's say a friend of yours is having a surprise birthday party, and you accidentally let the cat out of the bag. There's a bonus one. I think a lot of people know that. But letting the cat out of the bag is when you let a secret out that you didn't mean to. So maybe you tell that friend, oh, I can't wait to go to your party on Friday night. And they say, what party are you talking about? Oh, I let the cat out of the bag. It was a little slip of the tongue. Another saying that we uh, have in English that native speakers say all the time, using tongue is tongue-tied tongue-tied is when you're trying to speak but for some reason you can't maybe you have to give a big speech in front of a lot of people and and you're nervous so when you get up on stage you get up to the podium and you try to start speaking it comes out all wrong you would be a little tongue-tied maybe you have a first date with a really good looking woman or really good looking guy whatever you're into and when you first meet them maybe they're so beautiful or so handsome that you become tongue-tied. You can't get the words out. Maybe you have that first meeting with your English tutor and you're trying to come up with the words in English and you just become tongue-tied. You can't do it. The words won't come out. I hope you learned a few things in this English lesson. If you're looking to learn more English right up there is a lesson I did on other ways we can say it's hot outside.
0: Kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply
1: Frontier from American English with this guy and I want to talk about three verbs in English that might be a little bit difficult but if you know how to use them it might really improve your vocabulary so this comes from a live chat I did let me see if I can find it here a live chat that I did um, this past Saturday And as I was looking through the comments, I realized, oh, I missed this question. So I want to answer it right now. Thank you, Luciano, for this question. What's the difference between to move and to wiggle? So let's talk about movement right now. And all three verbs I talk about today will have something to do with movement. So there's some kind of motion going on right now. I'm moving my hands. So, move is just a really general verb to show motion. Wiggle, that's a little different. Right now, I'm wiggling my fingers. I'm wearing earphones right now, but, and I can't do it. But some people can wiggle their ears. And when we say wiggle, it's tiny little movements. Let's think of a a worm, it might wiggle across the road you know little worm there wiggle think of a little baby maybe the parents put that little baby in their crib but they can't quite get comfortable so they might wiggle around in their crib squirm that's the next one i want to talk about right here and trickle will be the last one but squirm and wiggle are very similar they're like almost the same in fact I might say you could use them interchangeably. But here are a couple ways to use squirm. Let's say there's a snake. I mean, it's almost like a worm, right? But maybe a snake is squirming across the grass. You could probably also say wiggling across the grass. So squirm, wiggle, pretty much the same. Trickle, maybe an advanced verb, not really related to squirm and wiggle, but trickle usually has something to do with water or liquid and it means it's moving very slowly. Let's th- say you're really thirsty and you are at the faucet. Faucet, maybe an advanced word for where water comes out, like right by right where your sink is. Water comes out of the faucet. Maybe you're really thirsty, so you turn the handle but only a trickle comes out. That can be used as a noun, or you could say the water is only trickling. Three rather advanced verbs in English. If you want more, check out this video I made about three other ways to say I'm hot in English.